0: Well, it's good to have Neil back, isn't it? We sent him off to visit the pope and um and and be inspired um and it's appropriate that he comes back on Pentecost. You know Zach Berg did a pretty good job, but it's it's really good to have you back yeah you know, a confluence this week of Of the appointed Pentecost scripture reading, a Wednesday morning Bible study look at Jeremiah and an Old Testament devotion on Moses at the burning bush and a reading of John Wesley's thoughts on the Holy Spirit, Well, they have led me to see the Apostles' Pentecost experience in a new way. First, it was hard not to notice the connection between the flames of fire lighting on the disciples at Pentecost with the flames of fire in the bush of Moses. In both cases, this non-consuming fire is a sign of the presence and the mystery of God. Won't you pray with me? God, we, we know the, the history and the tradition from which we come as your church. And we ask you to touch our lives uh, this day as we ponder your word for us and this week, this, this, this lifetime. May we be your people. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well I've always been inspired by the call of the Hebrew prophets. Uh, birds from God's A throne flew to Isaiah and touched his lips with a burning coal from the heavenly altar. God touched and put words into Jeremiah's mouth and Ezekiel had a vision of God's glory as a burning ember and a voice told him to eat the scroll of God's word that was given to him. They were all sent to speak to or lead the house of Israel. I'm looking at this Pentecost story as a dramatic final scene in the call of disciples to be prophets. In the call literature, there's usually a crisis of faith to which God sends prophets to declare God's word, their servitude, their defeat at the hands of the enemies, their occupation or exile, or simply their loss of faith. For the disciples, it was a time of Roman occupation and the crucifixion of God's Son, Jesus. And God's call came to each prophet in unique and dramatic ways, as the burning bush, for example, or the burning coal, a burning ember, uh, and a scroll to be eaten. For the disciples, it was the sound of wind and flames of fire. I've always been partial to Ezekiel. He not only saw God as a burning ember, like the disciples, he experienced sound and wind. He writes, A wind lifted me up, and I heard a great quaking sound from his place. Blessed is the Lord's glory. For the disciples, too, it was a sound of wind and flames of fire. Mm, I think Neil is probably already thinking about how we might dramatize Ezekiel. Stay tuned next year for the, for the musical. He might have to write it. Often in the call of the disciples, there is a denial, a resistance by one being called to prophesy. Well, no doubt. We know the, the trouble Noah went through when he's starting to build an ark miles and miles from any water. Well, Moses said no five times. To his call to confront the Pharaoh. Each time God promised to be with him. And we saw how klutzy and undependable the disciples were when, when Jesus was arrested and, and crucified. And how unbelieving they were when, when he was raised. But, but Jesus too promised God would empower them with baptism of the Holy Spirit. For each prophet. God commissions them to go speak for God in the word God gives them. Moses was sent to the Pharaoh. Jonah sent to Nineveh. But in most cases, it was to prophesy to Israel, the people of Israel. For example, to Ezekiel, God said, Listen closely and take to heart I, every word I say to you. And then go to the exiles, to your people's children whether they listen or not speak to them and say the lord god proclaims for the disciples it was bigger according to luke writing in acts jesus tells the disciples you will be my witnesses to is in jerusalem in all of judea and samaria and to the end of the earth we don't have an indication that the disciples resisted but they were still expecting Jesus to do the work. Lord are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? And like the assurance God gives the prophets, Jesus says, tells to the disciples you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The signs of God's power to the Prophets to encourage them to do what they thought themselves incapable of doing. Often the signs were directly related to the task that they were commissioned and sent to perform. Moses' shepherd's rod was turned to a, a, a snake and then back again. And his hand turned white with disease and then healed again. And, 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 and then he was promised that the Nile River would turn to blood. These were signs he later used when confronting the Pharaoh. When Ezekiel ate the scroll of God's word, it became sweet as honey and filled his belly. But more importantly, it was the word of God that he was sent to speak. And visions that he had were his channel to the future God had him declare. The disciples, well, they were unexplainably able to speak in foreign languages, many of them. A gift appropriate for their call to be Jesus' witnesses to the end of the earth. The sound and fire is a sign that they would have recognized as emblematic of God's presence and, and power. But the biggest clue that the disciples of Christ were being called to be prophets is Jesus quoting a passage about being called to be prophets from the prophet Joel. He says, "I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young, your young will see visions, your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy." So it became clear to me that the disciples were being called to be prophets. And well then you and I are their descendants in the faith tradition of prophets to speak the word of God even in places where it is uncomfortable, possibly dangerous. A prophet is motivated by something different than making friends. A prophet is not sent to speak to the choir but sent to people who have not been paying attention to God. A prophet can only fulfill the commission with the aid of the power of God. In a prophet's mind is fixed On the Word of God. Ezekiel ate the scroll of God's Word. Isaiah's lips were seared by the burning coal to clear away all the other words that would distract him from God's Word. Jeremiah's mouth was touched by God. The disciples were torched by flames to burn away all other thoughts, desires, and fears, and and be made pure and chaste for Christ's commission. And they began preaching God's Word immediately to the people who gathered and accused them of being drunk. Then they didn't stop. Not when issues rose in their community or when religious and political leaders began to persecute them, they kept preaching the word of God. Notice who was called to be Prophet. In the prophecy of Joel quoted by Peter, sons and daughters, I bet we have a lot of sons and daughters here, young and old, we, we have young and old here too. Even the servant men and women are to be blessed by the Holy Spirit and called to prophesy everyone not only the highly educated, the, the, the ordained, the teachers, those of the age of majority, the dominant ethnic group, the, the citizens. We know that God calls all people from 99-year-old Abraham to 12-year-old Samuel, high priest Zechariah, and shepherd boy David. I've seen God call the wealthy and well-positioned as well as the discriminated, disabled, drug-addicted, and marginalized. In this story... The Holy Spirit touched all those who were gathered in the house, not selecting one or the other. Now I confess, and I've not normally seen myself as a prophet. Preacher, teacher, missionary, yes, but not so much a prophet sent to the unbelieving. I am preaching to the choir. Even worse, I have not always seen the prophetic role of our church. There may have been initial elements, like when I expect our missions, programs, and even staff to be more aligned with the commission of Christ to make disciples. And when I focus on preparing lay leadership to guide this church forward in the way of Christ, I believe prophecy is the only way this city and this nation will overcome its destructive divisiveness and its hatred For one another and we have ample opportunity to talk to people about the love of God we live in a time when 85 to 90 percent of us are not in church the evidence of that is clear our nation has given itself to trusting the promises of false prophets success politics wealth Weapons, nationalism, racism, sexism but we also live in a time when there are several modes of successful inclusive hospitality around us from which we can learn. We live in a time when communication (laughs) reaches every person's pocket or wrist, what an advantage 2000 years after the spirit of god touched the lives of once fearful disciples baptizing and empowering them to witness to christ the spirit is still calling empowering and sending people throughout the world today god needs this church to witness to Metro Milwaukee. To do that we need to ready ourselves with knowledge and faith and be alert for God's call. There may be people here today or, or viewing this service, praying silently to hear God's call to be used in Christ's commission. Maybe you feel the Spirit moving within you. Maybe the call's not yet clear. I invite you to come forward while we sing the final hymn. If, if you are one of those who, who, who the Spirit is touching, I'll pray with you. If you're online send me your name let's talk we'll pray together God needs each one of us The world needs each one of us I pray We are ready for what God is calling This is my prayer for the church. Amen.